Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Fiener Hall Man Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons. A family-owned, full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Khan is out for his final day that he's out. And in studio for him is our very own Dylan Bishop. And Dylan, happy to have you aboard. It's good to be in here. It's, it's been, been a while. Little, yeah, it's been a little bit of time. So it's uh, nice being here on a Friday. Now can I predict Nick's mic? Well, he's trying to help some things out here. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, the power see. of being a little too busy. Nick, is this your mic? I Yeah. There we go. I there predicted go. it perfectly. All right. Um, 12.15, we'll be joined in studio by Tyson Bajet, Shepard Rams quarterback, former Shepard Rams quarterback, former Martinsburg Bulldog quarterback, as he gets ready for the NFL draft. We saw him in the Senior Bowl. We saw him in the NFL scouting combine here in about 12 days, I believe, is the um, – Pro Day at Shepherd University, and then in about a month and two weeks is the NFL Draft. So we'll talk to him about what he's been going through since the last time we talked to him in early December. Um, at 1230-ish, we'll be joined by JT DeSorno, Washington Patriots head coach, as uh, they got out to a an early victory against Berkeley Springs the other night, and uh, they'll be on the road to Virginia Power Stonebridge tonight as well. That's going to be a key game for them to see where they are compared to a very, very good Stonebridge team in Ashburn, Virginia. But first, guys, we'll uh, recap the ending to Jefferson's season yesterday as they fell at the state tournament in the semifinals once again to Park South. Uh, hold on, let me pull out the sheet here. Power of radio. They fell 87-66 to Parkersburg South yesterday, finished the season 17-8. 21 points for Jamari Jenkins, 13 for Will Shively. Uh, but, Nick, it just seemed like after a very good start to the game, they weren't able to finish. Yeah, it was tough to you know keep pace with that Park South team yesterday for uh, Jefferson. You know, It wasn't a bad day offensively, but defensively you struggled a little bit um, for the Cougars. So, you know, scoring 66 points or 60, yeah, 66 isn't, you know, a bad outing, but giving up 87 is is quite a bit. So, obviously, there were some struggles there on the defensive end. But overall, it was a really good season for Jefferson. I thought they gave a, a good showing down at the tournament for the most part. Um, and the EPAC represented pretty well. Uh, just can't quite get over that hump. You know, three straight years now that you've been to the state tournament, but the farthest you've been able to reach is the semifinals. Uh, Jefferson still needs, you know, to continue to build, continue to move forward. Uh, it's unfortunate that that season end or that this season ends the way it did. But you know, three out of your four uh, main returners from last year's team are still going to be playing next year. So. You'll have Wyatt Shively, you'll have Jamari Jenkins and Jaden Gladney on that team again for trying to make it four straight uh, state tournament runs. So, I mean, you have a a well-established team. If you are in Jefferson moving forward, you still have, you know, the foundation to be a state contender. 
Um, but you're not quite there yet where you're able to knock off some of the top teams in the state. You did knock off number three, George Washington, which was a great win, but maybe not top one or two. Uh, but those two programs have been, you know, really dominant over the last couple of years. So, um, you know, we'll see moving forward where Jefferson goes. Check Gore is a nice piece that they have that's young and, and gives you some height. Uh, Kylan Johnson? brother cam johnson yeah i believe he has one more year left um so at least maybe two um so you know you'll return a good bit of that bench Moses tally i believe will be back as well so you lose a few pieces here roper will be gone i believe um you know obviously will shively will be gone so they'll lose a few key pieces but jefferson's still going to be you know one of the top teams and probably still the favorites because hedgesville's leading losing quite a bit uh, Spring Mills will definitely be, a, a, you know, in the conversation because they're still a very young team. But the Cougars have proven to, you know, be up on Spring Mills, so it's hard to pick against them right now. All right. Well, I do believe our guest is in the building, so we'll take our first break of the day. First break brought to you by – let me pull it up here. Not, not ready for the show today, I guess. First break is brought to you by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll be joined by Tyson Bajan, live in studio. You tune in to Sportsmax on Talk Radio WRNR in 210. Done. We're just getting started. I was saying to you, you was saying. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above market trade in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. The Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association would like to thank Pine Creek Structures for being a diamond sponsor and City National Bank, Eastern Panhandle Heating and Cooling, DRB Homes, High Point Roofing, and Aspen Home Improvements for being platinum sponsors of the 26th Annual Home Show. The Home Show this year will take place March 25th and 26th at the Martinsburg Roundhouse. For more information, visit www.easternwvhomebuilders.org. We hope to see you there. Catch the excitement of the West Virginia High School baseball and softball seasons on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hit it into left field and that'll drop. Coming around is Siffert and the ball is going to slow up and he's going to score and Martinsburg's going to walk it off and get the win. We have over 25 games scheduled featuring the schools in the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference. Every game will be live right here on Talk Radio WRNR, TV 10, and our WRNR TV YouTube page. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 
Kenny Edlund, the receivers as well. Bajant looking to throw. Tyson throws over the middle for Walker. He makes the catch, and there's the record. Tyson Bajant is the king of touchdowns in NCAA football. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Dylan, happy to have you with us. We're now joined in studio by the one, the only, Tyson Bajan. How are you doing today, Tyson? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for uh, coming in. I know you got a busy schedule here as you just got back in, into West Virginia about a week and a half ago. Uh, what's this journey been like for you so far? Oh, man. I don't, it's been... It's been very eye-opening. You know, I feel like I've lived a whole nother life in these, you know, just from January 1st to now, you know, living down in Florida, first time being away from home for an extended amount of time away from my family in a completely different area that I was unfamiliar with, um, which I think really allowed me to, to lock in on in every facet and category of my life, which was good. Then going to Mobile for the Senior Bowl learning a, a NFL style offense, being coached by NFL coaches and being and playing with dudes that are going to play in the NFL uh, was, was was huge, I think, for my growth and development and my, my confidence mentally. And then going to the combine, showing out there, I think it all came full circle. And then after that, I was excited to come home and begin to go through the script and get ready for my pro day. Tyson, I wanted to start at the Senior Bowl, and you mentioned it. Uh, not only did you get you know all those experiences, but you were able to get you know a ton of reps in the actual game. Um, how do you think your performance was, and uh, just throughout the week at the practices and in the game itself? I thought the performance it was fun. I think that that was the only fun part of the whole week. Every other every other minute of the week was was accounted for with with meetings. Uh, whether that be with NFL teams or team meetings because you, you're installing an offense. So it's basically like you're in the middle of camp, but then you also for four hours a day have to go meet with NFL personnel. So it was, you know, our schedule was pretty stacked. They they definitely tried to wear and tear on you mentally and physically. So I was happy once I got in the game, especially the situation we were in, we were down. So we knew we had to throw the ball, um, which I was perfectly fine with. And then um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, I did what I think what I was supposed to do. You know, I showed that I was on the right field. There was no, there was no drop off whenever I came in. If, if anything, you know, I feel like the the play kind of rose a little bit, um, and I had a lot of fun doing it. Family got to be there. It was a good day, so it, it was a lot of fun. And then, of course, you moved on to Indianapolis, down to going from the sort of in game practice and playing against these other players to that on-field workout, all of the athleticism type of drills that you had to do. What was that experience like training for the combine and then getting out on the field in front of you know all the cameras, all the scouts, all those other quarterbacks and being out there to show what you had to offer? It was good. I thought that um, obviously the whole reason of going down to Florida and training is to get ready for Indianapolis um, more so than even the senior bowl. Your senior bowl, you're kind of just the player you are, and you're going to go and you're going to do what you what you normally do, you know, in a game time setting. But Indianapolis is just a whole different aspect of just the athleticism testing, and then kind of the throwing being secondary in your mind because you just all the training that's been in is mostly been geared towards all the athletic parts. But also, once you get to that time where you're on the field, you're kind of ready for the whole thing to be over. So it's being able to like rewire your mind and be like, all right, well, hold up. The whole reason I left home, the whole reason I've been training is to do this right there. So it was so much, it was so much mental just being able to stay locked in, being able to 
kind of ignore all the personnel and cameras that were around and try to focus um, and, and act as if you were the only one in the stadium. That was the hardest part because all the training had been done. I did everything right, uh, nutrition-wise, um, athleticism-wise, um, quarterback-wise. I had done all the work, so I knew I was prepared. So it was more so just being able to calm down and be able to um, just put my best performance up like nobody was there watching, which so which I thought I was able to accomplish, and I had a you know a lot of fun again, and it was a good day. We had talked to your dad at something. I can't remember where we were. Oh, it might have been a Martinsburg basketball game or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had told us that you were down in Florida uh, with Jesse Carell, your former offensive, one of your former offensive coordinators. How was that kind of a big help for you to you know be familiar with somebody down there while you go through all this? Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. We had Coach Carell um, there at the house we were living at from Monday to Thursday. He would show up Monday around lunchtime, and he would leave Thursday around lunchtime. And, you know, they, the facility I was at did a good job. It was a one-stop shop. They had all my meals there, all the workout plans, all the sprinting um, gigs down there, throwing sessions. It was all in the same spot, recovery. Everything was in the same spot. So whenever I was, you know, I tried to live there as long as I could throughout the day because I knew I'd be bored as soon as I got home. But whenever I did get home, it was good. We had a board in the house, and we would just it was just all mental preparation, board work situation just talking through it verbalizing everything so that when the interviews came you know I already felt pretty confident in it but that was just kind of putting the cherry on top with the mental aspect of the game and we got really tight so it was uh it was good what's the uh feedback been like from scouts and uh in your meetings during the combine and senior or senior bowl yeah I think I I went into every meeting every interview with with teams as if um it was, you know, the deciding factor on if I was going to get picked up or not. I knew it was the most important part, so I was severely locked into those meetings. So I feel as if I absolutely killed every single one of them, and every single one we kind of left. It was it was pretty similar every one. They were like, hey, man, you did a really good job. We're impressed. And there was no question that they asked that could stump me up because, you know, I don't have any off-the-field uh, issues. I don't have any disciplinary issues within the team ever. Um, so being able to check those boxes and then being able to just whatever football questions they ask me, be able to – literally explain it like they, like it's never been explained to them before in like extreme depth and going over above and beyond just so trying to give them something to remember be like hey you know we trust this dude we think he's mentally and physically you know ready for this we we trust this pick um so i felt really good with all the interviews felt that they all went extremely well and you know from my perspective every team was pretty impressed with the with the interview i had now they could just be blowing smoke, but <laughs> I like to, you know, I like, I thought I killed it. And there was no question where I, where I hesitated, you know, stumbled over my words. Uh, it was all, it was all smooth sailing in the interview process. How many teams have you uh, met with? Um, so everybody got to meet with every team at the okay. senior bowl. I met with 16, 15, 16 teams at the combine. And then uh, last week I met with the Packers. This week I've got a meeting set up with the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, and the Bengals uh, this coming week. For the most part, it seems like teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah. So yeah. It's exciting. Definitely it exciting. he's got to give these, you These something. interviews, now that I'm home, it's a lot more football-oriented. You know, they already know, you know, my background, where I, yeah. where I grew up, who I grew up with, where I'm from, you know, all that all that stuff that I had to explain to, to everybody initially. So now it's kind of more football-oriented, which, um, which is exciting. 
Now, during this process, you're kind of testing yourself in a lot of different ways. Obviously, training for the combine is very physical. Then you're going through all these interviews. They're ch- testing you mentally, going through these, you know, in-game stuff at the Senior Bowl. Has there been any part of this whole process that stood out to you as maybe the most challenging, most difficult, or something that you had to like put the most preparation to, more so than all the other parts of it, uh, compared to all the others? Um. Well, I mean, athletically, you know, the the forty. I would say I had to really lock in on that, um, just out of fear of looking crazy at the combine. Uh, so that <laughs> athletically was it. And I, you know, running a four seven, that was so like. Look, when I looked, around, I was like, wow, like let's go. Like that's what that was. What I was. That's what I wanted to run. Um, you know, the jumps, I was confident with the jumps, and we started with the jumps first, so I knew that would get me, you know, some good momentum. I jumped well, and then right into the 40, did that well, and then after that, I was just ready to cut it loose. So um, I would say the 40 was a pressure point there, but then everything else is just is just mental. I know that um, athletically in the measurables, I measure up with in, right there with any quarterback that's ever been to the combine who did really good, who did really bad. I'm right. And I'm right in the middle of all that. So I know that physically I'm not lacking in any area. It's all going to be the mental aspect of everything. So that's kind of where a lot of my focus have been being able to understand, you know, plays, you know, word recall, memory, being able to just get my mind right and being able to just constantly put myself in a position and do things that, make me feel confident and make me feel like I'm ready to answer you know everything in the world so that's kind of where my training is right now and how I'm preparing going forward so Colin is at in Texas for a wedding so he missed the uh, interview with you but he had a question he wanted to ask during the senior bowl uh, when you were playing the commentators said you know stuff about there being a learning curve going from D2 to playing with all these D1 guys. Has there actually been a learning curve, or are they just blowing smoke? No, there's no learning curve, and there's no learning curve. All the things I did at the Senior Bowl were plays that I had ran at one time or another in college. Um, throwing to the receivers, I didn't have to speed up my arm. I didn't have to put more on the ball than I normally would. Um, and that I, I might just that might just be – a coincidence just of who I am. Maybe for a lot of other D2 players it is, but I think with the amount of work that I put in and the amount of preparation that I like I constantly was just preparing for the for for the bowl game like for years before the bowl game. And same thing with the combine. Like I didn't notice any difference throwing to those dudes um than I did at any practice I was ever at at Shepherd. I think the only difference not the, not the physicality of the trenches, but the size of the trenches was different. That was the only thing I noticed. Instead of six threes um, blocking in front of me, you got six fives, and you know that is, and they're a little bit more wide. Which that was the only thing I noticed. It didn't affect my gameplay um, at all, um, but that was the that was the difference that that I noticed. What. I guess what stage in the process are you in now in terms of anything that you plan on doing between now and the draft? Yeah, so I've got my pro day March 28th. Uh, not doing any of the testing because I already tested, but I know that you know we got me as well as a handful of other you know dudes that are you know participating in the pro day at Shepherd. And um, so I've got a throwing script, five dudes, about 55, 60 throws. 
um, put on a little show, uh, a little more throw oriented. You know, got, they already got to see my times. They know what that looks like. They got to see a little bit of, you know, throwing. But now being able to get everybody to come to Shepherdstown um, and see me kind of just work through um, every throw in the book on the 28th. And, you know, you talk about everybody coming to Shepherdstown. We know during the season, every week, there's a few scouts coming, and scouts discovered some of your teammates as well. Mm-hmm. How much do you think that probably the fact that there will be 32 teams at your pro day is going to help, you know, the other guys like Joey Fisher, Ronnie Brown, and, you know, I think Solomon Alexander is also going to be there as well. How is that going to help other guys knowing that, you know, you're the guy that everybody's looking for, but maybe they could find somebody else? Yeah, I think it's awesome. You know, anytime I can help, uh, you know, and I think we're helping each other at this point. I think Joey's got um, just as big of a just as big of a chance of getting drafted as I do in my eyes. Now, I might be wrong. I might be right. I have no clue. He might have a way better chance than me. I might have a way better chance than him. I have no clue. Um, So I know we kind of been piggybacking off of each other. And then you know, if we can sneak other dudes in like Ronnie Brown, Brian Walker, and um, and Solo. that's just better for Shepard and, and better for their image and recruiting going down the line. So, um, you know, putting them on, helping them out, you know, any way I can, you know, that that's just, it's just good for the community as a whole. So uh, Tyson, I think that the point in your uh, football career that you're in right now is kind of the most interesting one to me personally, like on a personal level for a player, because you've gone through high school here at Martinsburg, quarterback, state championship level teams of this state powerhouse got the shepherd won the starting quarterback job as a freshman went through were able to win the harlan hill break these records so now you're getting to the point where you've kind of spent a lot of your football career being that guy on the top of the food chain Mm -hmm. and now you're being going from that big fish in the small pond kind of the the fish being thrown into the deep waters so how do you kind of uh, internalize that mentally is that something you think about like I've always known you to be a humble guy mm-hmm. but it's something how do you uh, just think about that how does it kind of what's your perspective on that yeah it, this is a weird this is a weird time uh, the playing part you know I am a humble guy I almost feel like I'm tired of being super like so humble like not that I'm not going to be humble but I think I've almost overcompensated um and put a little too much respect on on the competition that I'm going against. Every single game at Shepherd I ever played in, I felt like I was the underdog, and that that I had to beat them, that they didn't have to beat me for whatever reason. Like Lockhaven, I was <laughs> so nervous to play in that game because I just am, I just like I don't know why I just had that mentality. So I think going forward, uh, little fish getting thrown in the big pond. Um, just understanding, just trusting my work, trusting my process, trusting that I'm prepared. Um, and I believe everything will take care of itself. I have a hard time believing that they'll be able to, you know, say the worst comes to worst, I don't get drafted. And I do get, as long as, if I get picked up anywhere and they let me put my foot in the door, I just have a really hard time believing that they'll be able to keep me out. Like, I just feel like it'll just be constant work mentally and physically on my end um, and just continuing to get better every day. And as far as this weird time frame, you know, I'm, j- I'm not in school anymore. I'm not affiliated with any team right now. I'm just kind of, in the world you know kind of on my own unemployed at the moment and just right now that's the that's the goal is to be employed um here in a couple of months by a football team Tyson when you uh get ready for the draft you know obviously you would want to play for any team that wants you uh but do you have maybe an ideal situation that you'd want to go into or is it more so just 
you know, wherever you end up, you'll you'll kind of roll with it. Now, I think that just the NFL as a whole is pretty ideal, and I, I just want to go where where I'm wanted, where I where you know a team had somebody in the in the room that felt that I was a player that they could take a chance on. And, you know, as soon as I get that, all I want to be is an asset to the team and help them get better, whatever whatever that looks like. So that's kind of my goal going forward. I have absolutely no care in the world for where I go and who I play for. Um, them wanting and feeling the need to take a chance on me is enough for me to be to be all in. Uh, before we end this interview here, I want to ask you about your brother. He finally makes the decision. He's going to go to Shepard, following your footsteps. Um, obviously, that's what he's probably wanted to do the whole time that you've been there. Mm-hmm. How does that make you feel as an older brother, knowing that, that that's going to happen? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I trust Coach McCook with everything in my in my whole life and, and in my heart. And you know, I love Ezra like crazy and he's so much better than I was like mentally and physically going into a freshman season just because of the resources that he's been able to have because of me so I'm so confident that he's just gonna you know tear it up and be so ready to go you know from the get-go and he's just another one of those dudes that you know you're not gonna be able to hold him down for long he's just gonna continue to continue to get better find ways um to, to get on that field whether that be as a leader as a you know whatever it is he's going to figure it out so i'm excited to go to i'm excited for that i'm excited to go to a shepherd game where i'm stress-free and i'm excited to you know well I'll, we hope you can't go to a shepherd game this fall well you know i'm by week to, i'm by hoping week. to at least be able to make it to one or two but um <laughs> depends on where he goes to yeah yeah that is true if he's yeah, regional so, yeah i'm, I'm excited about all that ezra's the man he's gonna kill it um, and he's playing for a good head coach so there you go. Thanks for coming in and uh, you know taking some time with us, and we'll see you down at your pro day. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. All right. Segment sponsored in part by Arsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and is family owned and operated. Right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hackables and Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. And there's that break. We're joined by Washington Patriots baseball head coach JT DeSorno. You tune in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
We're talking with Martinsburg CPA Ken Apple. Ken, should I concentrate on paying as little taxes as possible this year? Well, Rob, I want to pay the least taxes possible over my lifetime, and that might mean paying a little more taxes today than I'm legally required to by making a contribution to a Roth IRA, for example, instead of a traditional IRA. Because if I'm going to be in a higher tax bracket down the road, it not only affects my taxes, but could affect how much I pay for my Medicare insurance. Ken, how do we reach you for more information? You can reach me at 304-263-1100. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Dylan, happy to have you with us here. We'll now welcome to the program the head coach for the Washington Patriots baseball team, head coach JT DeSarno. How are you doing today, Coach DeSarno? Good, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks for coming on. You guys started the season the other night with a route of Berkeley Springs, and uh, obviously we were talking with uh, Ber- Berkeley post-14 Hornets uh, manager Trip Tobin, and he said, you know, as a baseball coach, you never want to win a game like that, but uh, you're able to get a lot of guys in the lineup and see some live pitching. Yeah, you know, it's always good to face a different colored jersey after several weeks of practice and preseason prep. Um, you know, Berkeley Springs, young team, well coached, and you know we came out with a plan to jump on them early and work that out. So you know we got some of the younger guys in and got them some experience on the varsity level, which you know may pay off as we move down the road. Coach, your team uh, had a good season last year. Uh, clearly, a uh, talented group. Um, what are you looking forward to about this season, uh, and how do you, I guess, take the next step to try to? Uh, make it a little bit farther in the postseason this year? Yeah, so, you know, looking at last season, had a really hot start, a lot of seniors on the team, you know, a lot of leadership that we lost. But, um, you know, maybe keep it more of an even keel throughout the season. We died off towards the end, and we weren't playing our best ball at the most important time. So I think we just kind of keep a level head throughout the entire regular season and take each day to get better in preparation for the playoffs. Coach, you guys are bringing back some of your players like Colin Reed and Cam Moore that we saw a lot of last season. Who are some of the newer guys that have kind of stepped up into bigger roles that you're looking forward for us and everyone else to be able to see this season? Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously it starts off when anytime you get your three and four hitters back in the next year, it votes well for for yourself offensively. Um, Cameron will be making the move from – mainly outfield to behind the plate this year. He's kind of waited his turn, so I'm excited to see you know him in that role defensively. Uh, some other guys, you know, obviously there's Colin, and, you know, he's not only the leader, but, you know, he commands the entire field anytime he steps on it. He's always a step ahead of the other team, it seems like, with what they're going to do. So, you know, he's my coach on the field. Um you know, some of my guys that got some playing time on varsity last year, I expect to really step up. Brandon Dunbar, Josh McCarthy, both were kind of like my 10 and 11 guys off the bench last year and uh, played some significant innings, you know, as I needed them last year. I'm going to rely on them heavy. Both of them probably see a lot of time in the outfield and on the mound as well. Um, I have another senior that took a year off, Andy Clem. He's, 
you know, really flash his glove through the preseason. And, you know, really happy that he made a decision to come back and play for a senior year. Uh, other than that, you know, we have a lot of other pieces and some hungry, hungry young kids that are pushing the older guys every day in practice. So, you know, we're kind of doing that whole thing, iron sharpens iron, and hopefully, you know, the best competition we see every day in practice. And, Coach, tell us about a guy that, you know, I looked at the game changer the other night. He was in the starting lineup, junior Jay Mason Earl. He had he went two for three, four RBIs. Uh, he wasn't on your team last year, was he? So, last year, Jameson, um, he played JV primarily, and then I brought him up onto the varsity for uh, the playoff run. He got in, got in that bat last year, won at bat, and he – put a single out into left center field. So he is one. He's going to be the third primary outfielder this year, making a step up to varsity. And, you know, he's more than capable. He's a dangerous bat in the middle of the lineup. And, you know, I look for him to drive in a whole lot of runs as we move along in the season. Coach, when you look at the uh, EPAC this year, um, looks like it's going to be another – you know, competitive year. You have you guys, uh, Jefferson, Martinsburg are always you know top tier teams. Musselman returns a ton. Hedgesville returns a ton, and Spring Mills was pretty young last year and should be a lot better this year. So, uh, just what's your thoughts on the EPAC this year, and uh, what are you looking forward to about conference play? You know, the funny thing about this area is it seems like each team loses those big names each year, but somehow, some way, we all kind of put it together the following year and new kids and new names and faces step up and make it a whole competition the entire season. You know, you get kind of a little more excited on those game days. You know, we got a lot more out-of-conference games this year than we did last year as a school. So, you know, those are important as well. But, you know, when you get to the EPAC teams and – you know, the kids know each other a little more and it gets a little more competitive. And there's no doubt, as I said last year, whoever makes it to the state tournament out of this area definitely will have earned their way there. And, Coach, uh, a big change to your stadium as well this year. You guys add lights, so you'll have night games. Uh, how exciting is that for you and the kids? Well, you know, for me, it just kind of makes it a lot easier making the schedule and planning things and having – the ability to have all my kids in one place most of the days. So that's a blessing for me. Um, as far as the kids go, I think they're really excited. I just feel a little bad for all the kids that, you know, just graduated or played here in the past that didn't get to experience the night game at home. But, um, you know, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a little bit of a transition, getting some practices in underneath the lights. It's a little bit of a different look here, playing under the lights versus playing during the day. So. Something we're getting used to, but uh, might be a pretty decent home field advantage. And coach, looking at your schedule this year, going back to Myrtle Beach once again for the Mingo Bay Classic, seeing some good teams down there. A lot of uh, regional out of conference games tonight. You guys go to uh, Ashburn, Virginia, taking on a really good Stonebridge team, a power there. Uh, Clear Spring, you have on your schedule. Uh, they were a Maryland state champion, I believe. Broad Run out of Virginia. You get a team like Greenbrier East coming in uh you know that's a pretty good out of conference schedule you know and I'm missing there obviously that are coming in or you're going to see them but uh it seems like you built a pretty tough non-conference schedule yeah I mean it's it's kind of see what we're made of 
schedule. You know, I think Stonebridge is going to be a really solid team that we face tonight. Be a really good test and measure stick to see where we're at early in the season. And, you know, like I say, Clear Springs, they won the state championship last year. I believe uh, Highland School out of Virginia, they're pretty solid. I think Jefferson may have played them last year as well. But, uh, you know, I was kind of in a situation year two trying to get as many games as I could for the kids after last year, you know, getting the position later in the off season, I wasn't able to put together a full schedule. So I really worked hard to make sure we get these kids playing as much as they can this year. All right, coach. Thanks for the time. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks. All right, boy. Appreciate that guys. Thanks. Head coach for the Washington Patriots baseball team, JT DeSarno. They'll be in action tonight. As I mentioned against Stonebridge high school, very good team out of Virginia, a powerhouse there in Virginia. But, uh, you know, now we've only got two more EPAC coaches to talk to Nick. Uh, we'll have, uh, Spring Mills head coach Brad Barrett on Monday, I believe, at 1230. And then I need to, you know, get in contact with Coach John Lowry as we'll see them on Tuesday against Martinsburg. Uh, But, you know, we've gotten to talk to now three or no, four of the six coaches here in the EPAC. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we got a good game tonight, Edgesville-Martinsburg. That should be fun. Uh, rivalry game you know so I'm excited about that one uh, just tonight but overall it's always good to talk to the EPAC coaches Um, we'll have to get into the softball coaches as well Uh, softball season is underway next Thursday that we'll have on the airways there were some games last night so um, you know it's an exciting time of the year and um, for our game tonight you know just a matchup I believe we know the pitching matchup. I believe it's going to be Boober and DeLauder. Yes. So, I mean, those are two of the top pitchers in the EPAC coming back this year. Uh, that should be, you know, a fun game and two uh, historic programs in Hedgesville and Martinsburg. So, Yeah. Let's go through some scores from last night in EPAC baseball. Musselman fell uh, to Briar Woods out of Virginia 10-2. The Applemen are 0-2 and look to bounce back tonight. They begin EPAC play against Spring Mills. That's Spring Mills' first game on the season. Martinsburg beat Petersburg 7-3. Michael Lupus got the win on the mound going four innings, giving up two hits, one run one run while, while, while striking out five. Hedgesville fell to Goretti out of Maryland 14-11. And Jefferson, I believe, got the win last night that they did. They beat Frankfurt High 3-2, and which looked to be a, a pretty – Pretty pitchers duel or pretty close game that would seem to be a pitchers duel. Shipe was on the mound for three innings, struck out three. Ryan Hefner it went two innings, giving up two four hits, two runs, striking out two. And then Fletcher came in for the save with two innings, striking out three, not allowing a hit at all. So you know we haven't seen Jefferson, and we've only seen you know them missing some. You know they lost a, some critical pieces, Sammy Roberts. Uh, Horowitz as well, uh, but you know we, we you always forget they got Hefner, Morgan, Palvinall back, Shite back, Sinfuegos back, just to name a few. Yeah, they do lose a lot though uh, from last year's team. You know, you mentioned Roberts and uh, Griffin Horowitz, and those are kind of the two big names. But I mean, you lose uh, one of their outfielders whose name is escaping me right now. But uh, Wobnitz, you lose yeah. Sam Wobnitz, you lose. Uh, Noah Carter. Um, so they lost quite a bit. Uh, you know, they are definitely a team that, though, like we said before, they retool, they don't rebuild at Jefferson, especially when it comes to baseball. Um, so they'll be fine. 
I expect them to still be, you know, one of the top teams, if not the top team again this year. I believe the they back. lost Jared Day too. Yeah, they did, I think, and uh lost a few other guys. I mean, it was a big senior class and they had a lot of success with that team, but um you know, like Coach DeSarno said, I think he made a great point. This area just has a lot of baseball talent and every year, you know, you see those guys leave and you think, Well, how is this team still gonna be the same that they were last year and the answer is is they just bring in new kids and those kids become those guys that you go well what are they going to do how are they going to replace this guy and and they just figure it out so you know washington loses some pieces martinsburg loses some pieces uh sometimes though like coach byler said you know a guy you never heard of all of a sudden becomes a senior and he finally gets his opportunity and exactly that's 350 hits five home runs and wins EPAC player of the year or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, it, it, anything can happen when it's, there's that much talent, especially in baseball around here. Yeah. Dylan, you got to see some EPAC baseball towards the end of the season and then, uh, you know, more some Legion ball last year. What was your impressions of kind of EPAC baseball? Uh, I got a lot to see a lot of Martinsburg, so that's definitely what I'm kind of looking forward to this season. Uh, Musselman being off to a slow start is pretty interesting to me, but uh, once they get into conference play, I want to see how they continue them. And Hedgesville, those are the kind of the teams that stand out to me. That big win over my high school of Berkeley Springs was a interesting way to hear the season starting for them. But I, I think just overall, those two teams, and then, you know, throw in, obviously, Jefferson losing you know, guys like Horowitz. It's, it's going to be a fun fun season of epac baseball i'd say all the, all the teams seem pretty interesting to me all right well that will do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by hagerstown ford revolutionizing the car buying experience buy your next vehicle online delivered to you if you don't like it they'll take it back go to hagerstownford.com for more on the other side of this break we'll wrap things up recap wvu hoops as well as talk about some upsets that happened in the first round of the ncaa tournament and uh take a look at some games going on right now you're tuned in the sports mix on talk radio wr and our team 10 back in two minutes This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. 
The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Dylan, happy to have you with us. So you used to saying Colin, I almost said... And Colin, but well, at least you didn't I say Avery. Myself. That's true. I caught myself there, though. Uh, but segment sponsored in part by the Marriott Group and Mayor Price Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by twelve seventy Winchester Avenue in Martinburg or call 304-263-4343 here. And uh, I think just about everybody's bracket is not. I mean, how many perfect brackets are left in the world after yesterday? Any? Are there any? I don't. I haven't seen any. I mean, that's usually how it goes. Yeah. You get about two games in, and all of a sudden, it's oh, ninety-five percent of brackets are no, no longer perfect. So that's, I mean, it's every year. Everyone's everyone thinks that their bracket will be perfect, and then they lose the second game. But one team There's that 9. was point one quintillion scenarios that you'd have to fill out to get a perfect bracket. It's yeah. easier. To, it would be more likely to hit the lottery like three times in a row. Yeah, you guys want to fill out nine point one quintillion brackets next season? I mean, if we so can, can get, get the automated, first perfect bracket, we can automate that. Somebody could probably make a bot that could do all 9.1 quintillion. Well, that's why you get scenarios. 25 on ESPN. <laughs> you make multiple accounts, Dylan. Come on. Yeah. Well, we got to do the math on how many accounts that is. Uh, I'm not doing that math. All right. We'll talk uh, first about by 25. We'll talk first about the Mountaineers. And unfortunately, they fell in their game. They were favored in. Uh, they fell 67 65, really, the end of the game there that uh, we lost it. But also, you only had two guys in double figures. Kadrian Johnson was really the guy that led the way 27 points, 13 points for Trey Mitchell. Uh, but not a lot of secondary scoring. Jim scoreless. Emmett Matthews only scored two. Eric Stevenson scored nine. Joe Toussaint, nine as well. You know, it, it was a classic West Virginia game for me. It's classic WV basketball. Towards the end of that game, it just felt like there was no offense that could get going. It was even pointed out by Clark Kellogg on the broadcast. It just seemed like they weren't getting into any sets or any set plays running offense. And when I heard that, I thought, yep, that's classic. Classic Mountaineers. And it's just in a game where you get 27 points from Keaty Johnson, it you aren't able to pull out the victory. You know, 4 of 17 shooting from Eric Stevenson. And I looked at the stats during our break. They shot under 38% from two-point range. They they made they shot well from three, got themselves eight three-pointers, over 40%. But then they just weren't able to get those easy baskets to fall. And then to me, that's the sign of not getting just good, easy offense manufactured with, you know, whether it's pick and rolls, coming off of screens, however it might be, down low in the post, finding good spots. They just weren't able to get it done. And there was those long stretches where Maryland wasn't able to score, where they went on 12-0 runs, 14-0 runs. And to not come out of that game with a victory is just a huge disappointment. I mean, even though you're going into the second round, you got to play, you would play 
an Alabama team number one seed that you know you wouldn't have potentially expected to go any further than that maybe you pull off the upset but to go into that game and say you know we let's get one win in the tournament successful season not come out of that game with the win it's disappointing i mean to be fair though maryland was the eight seed west virginia was the nine so technically right. the terrapins were the favorites on paper but also they weren't the favorites in the yeah. players opinion yeah. so um you know i mean wvu what west virginia had a, a solid season it was a weird game i mean i thought the way wvu started the game it looked like they were gonna blow out Maryland. yeah that's what i was thinking i was like dang right? my bracket's wrong and i was uh you know right out the gate doing some stuff in the studio behind us and uh i was like oh well i don't really need to pay attention to this i need to really just kind of focus on what i'm doing and then I look up and I'm like, oh, it's twenty one twenty one. I was like, what happened? Like it was like seventeen to like four, or I don't know. It was like a yeah. really bad start. And uh, I was pretty surprised that Maryland had came back because I figured, you know, sometimes they they just don't play that great at basketball. But uh, you know, WVU. I mean, they had this kind of up and down season all year. While they didn't have a bad loss on their resume, they didn't have any really great wins. They had some good wins, but nothing like super that stood out to you. Maryland had some good wins. They beat Purdue. Um, That's probably their biggest win of the year. You know, they have a talented team, um, but two teams that are pretty similar. You know, they they were pretty inconsistent throughout the regular season. Um, And they delivered a really good game, which I think is – what you kind of hoped for if that 8-9 matchup but uh, obviously if you're a WVU fan you're disappointed as a Maryland fan you know it's going to be tough against Alabama but Alabama didn't look great last night either so um, while I don't believe Maryland will win the game I believe that uh, WV or I'm sorry Alabama will win yeah um, I think they can at least give them a battle uh, at the very least um, but probably you know, like a 10 point win uh, would be solid performance you know anything less than that would be a really good performance and then uh worst case scenario maybe you lose by like 15 but i don't think that's gonna happen i think it's gonna be like within 10 yeah i would say that as well another um, an upset but an actual upset here the 13 seed Furman advanced after an 80 68 67 win over virginia here's john sadak's call from uh the Westwood one March Madness or NCAA Radio Network. Clark runs end line, chest pass into Beekman, bounces back to Clark. Ten seconds. He is double. Slapped at. Prayer pass. Picked off by Heed. Five seconds. Pagis, right wing for the win. Yes! 2.2. And timeout, Virginia. What craziness. You throw the ball up in a prayer and it gets taken away. And then you a had three. a timeout. Yeah, you didn't need to make that pass if you're Virginia. I kind of understood the idea of the play, but you never want to throw the ball in the middle of the court uh, without knowing that anybody's there. And I guess the thought process was the clock can roll off here, but you know, six seconds and what you think six seconds is and what it actually is on a on a game clock, it, yeah. it's not the same. <laughs> and I think that's what. Uh, Kenny Smith was saying in the post game, I believe it was him who had mentioned that. And, you know, I thought that was a good point. And Virginia throws it up, and, and you, you had a timeout. You could have burned your timeout there and then, uh, you know, secured the win. But 
terrible way to lose if you're UVA, but honestly, we shouldn't be surprised. UVA seems to get upset every year, except for when they won the national championship in 2019. Yeah, we talked about there being how many brackets are correct. Uh, CBS just showed a graphic with their guys on the first day. It's actually True TV that showed the graphic. No, this is CBS. Uh, I thought it said True TV. No, uh, that game's game on True on TV. TV. Yeah. Yes. Whatever, same thing. Um, <laughs> Steve Lapis apparently went 16-0. and 0. About that. But I think it said received his bracket today or something. Oh, That's something on the little graphic. Uh, let's hear another takedown as Princeton takes down Arizona 59-57. Ryan Ranke, here's a final call. Awoma steadies. He shoots the second free throw. Back of the rim, no good. Pella Larson, the rebound. The horn is going to sound. The Princeton Magic is alive and well. The Princeton Tigers upset Arizona. 15 over a 2. 59-55 is the final score. The Tigers will advance to the second round. And that was Ryan Ranke in the uh, NCAA Radio Network from Westwood 1. You know, back to that... UVA loss. I think it's was it five years ago today, three years ago they lost to UB UMBC or yesterday? Like three years or five four, years. Five years to the day they had lost to UMBC. That's crazy. Wow. Shout out to uh Ryan Stickle, the co host of the Highly Disputed Podcast, for calling that Furman over UVA upset. Yeah. Nobody I don't think saw Princeton though beating no. Arizona. No, it seems like the Ivy League teams only win when no one expects them to. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But uh you know, for Arizona, I mean, they were coming off of a Pac-12 championship. Uh, they seem to be playing good basketball, but they're another program that always seems to lose relatively earlier than what you would expect in the tournament. Um, but I had like, I always like like their team, and then they lose. So I need to like stop picking Arizona to go far <laughs> in my brackets. Right, I, I picked them to lose in the second round, but that was the Utah State, and they they just went in the hood and lost yesterday. So, so hey, we could have another upset on our hands here. If you would have picked Missouri, Dylan, you'd be sitting pretty good because you would have Missouri over Utah State. Missouri's probably going to beat Princeton, but I mean, you never I mean, know, hey, I guess. If know. Princeton beat Arizona, that means they can beat anybody. Right? This game was such a t- toss-up, the one going on right now, USC-Michigan yeah. State. I was really uncertain on where I wanted to go with this mm-hmm. pick. I went with Michigan State because of Tom Izzo, but I don't feel great about it. No, it's 31-30 USC on top right now. A few minutes to go in the first half. One fifteen left to go, exactly. That's the thing. Big 10 teams, they don't do great in the tournament. Yeah, yeah they don't here. We've got about another minute and 20 seconds or so. Uh, then we'll get you into Westwood One's coverage of the NCAA tournament. We'll take you all the way up to 6.40 p.m., and then at 6.40 we'll get you some baseball on the air as Hedgesville hosts Martinsburg, and then after that we'll take you back on radio to the NCAA tournament for the night games. Uh, but uh, shout-out to Tyson Bajant for coming in the studio as we finally were able to track him down for coming on the show today. Great interview with him. Great interview with Washington baseball head coach JT DeSarno. And uh, we got two more baseball coaches to catch up with before we get into softball, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, Colin will be back on Monday. Shout-out to Dylan for coming in and taking his place here with the interviews today. Uh, for our intern, Gerald Wright, Nick Verzellini, Dylan Bishop, I'm Spencer Please saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight and then again on Monday. Monday.